Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to be talking about the latest RevTech trends and the curse of the brittle RevTech stack. Joining us for some crazy reason, again, is Don Otfos who is the VP of RevOps at Lean Data, which provides modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. So far this week, Don and I have talked about the latest RevTech trends, and today we're going to wrap up our conversation by talking about the curse of the brittle tech stack. Okay, here's my conversation with Don Otfos, the VP of RevOps at Lean Data. Don, welcome back. Hey, good to be here. I got to tell you, it sounds like a movie title for the most boring horror flick in the history of horror flicks, the curse of the brittle tech stack. So with that in mind, (laughs) let's compare notes if we can, because I I think brittle is a really, really subjective term. Sure. As a leader of of RevOps, how would you, what are kind of some of the early warning symptoms of a brittle tech stack? I mean, for me, I like things break too easily that shouldn't be breaking, right? The one thing that comes to mind for me, something foundational in your organization, in your tech stack was not built in a way that was thoughtful and you have these downstream effects of cascading problems that you can trace back to the to the fact that like oh wow we didn't do this one thing here and now it's causing all these problems downstream it's that cascade when you see these cascading effects from things you could have solved by making the right decision early that indicates to me you know you have a brittle tech stack and i mean i have an example i'm going to share i can can think of one comes to mind. Like for me, like I've always said, you know, the data you're using in Salesforce or or in your CRM is really foundational. Like it has to be the source of truth for every person in your organization needs to be looking at the same data across the board. So if you don't have a, a, a single source of truth for everything that you're doing and how you derive your territories and split your, you know, how, how you assign your AEs and your customer success and you know, like a good example would be number of employees in an account, right? Like if you don't have a, a common way to look at that, that everyone knows, okay, that's the source of truth. That's where it comes from. This is how we derive everything we're doing going forward. It just causes problems down the line. You have, you have border squabbles. You have people that are like, that's my account. No, it's your, you know, no, it's my account. I've been working it. You know, you, you always have to have that one single source of truth. And that data that you're using needs to be foundational. And, and it's that you build everything on that. If you have a crack in that foundation, you're going to have major problems down the line in ways you probably couldn't even think of when you originally made that decision to do the right thing around how you build out your data in your CRM or, or not. And talk to me about coding. In other words, 
is kind of a dependency on coding. And a good example is Salesforce Apex code, right? Which is a great, what a great tool that ends up being. But we also know the downside of that dependency. What role does was kind of the coding slippery slope play in creating brittle stacks? So Apex is great. Like it, it allows you to do a lot of things in Salesforce. The problem becomes, especially if you're a fast moving organization, it's static and it has to be changed. You can't make changes without changing the code. So if it's something that I want to do from a RevOps perspective of like, you know, I have a CRO that says, hey, I want to do X. And it's like, well, I, I can't really do X because I got to get a consultant or have someone on my team who knows Apex go in and fix this thing that we had that did one thing and now we want it to do another. And so, you know, it's like pouring cement into an organization, you know, it's just going to slow you down. And if you want to be nimble and move quickly, you, you probably don't want to have a ton of Apex to manage in your Salesforce uh, CRM. So we've got a couple of curses already. Well, we're, we're just being so efficient here. So the first is speed, right? The connotation of speed. If you have a brittle tech stack, you're going to move slower because it's much more difficult to make those changes. And you also mentioned the fact that, you know, underlying this is potentially some risk around the efficacy or the accuracy, rather, of your data, meaning data hygiene can be something that is a curse of the brittle tech stack. Are there other ways of kind of thinking about potentially if you're in that place? And I'm thinking about specifically the VPs of sales and VPs of marketing that are listening in today. Are there kind of easier heuristics for them to be like, yeah, this is this is potentially a challenge? Like as an example, Don. I will tell you one heuristic for me is how long does it take to get something done? When I ask for a change in the RevTech <laughs> stack, is it days? And I, I know that also there's a personnel thing. Do I have great people? And we do. But it's like, yeah, that I can get that totally done for you, Doug. It's going to take four weeks. I'm like, oof, that's not good. Yeah, no, like, like time to action within your organization, right? Like what is the SLA for your RevOps team of how quickly they can get something done and the reason why it's going to take the amount of time that it does, right? You want to understand kind of both things. I, I think back to like, you know, when I've had people on my team and, you know, they, they turn these things around. It's like, oh, I, you know, I can get that done in like an hour. It's not gonna take me long at all. It's like, I always caution them. I'm like, say it's going to take a day, you know, <laughs> just like, don't, don't sit your up. Like, even if it's going to take you an hour, that's great. But like, there's might be a day where it's going to take you longer than an hour and you don't want to set yourself up for this expectation of like, wow, you know, Don's team turns stuff around in like less than an hour. And it's like, whoa, you know, cause you, you never know what you're going to get thrown where it, it may end up taking, you know, significantly longer. And you don't want to set that precedence of, you know, turning things around in less than a day where it could end up taking, you know, a day or longer. So, you know, it's, it's always a matter of, of setting the right expectations as an organization, you know, to, to your other teams that you're working with, you know, and, and just communicating and letting them know. It's like, hey, this, this isn't going to take that long, but, you know, we do have other stuff on our plate. Like, you know, we're trying to launch, you know, another piece of tech in our stack and, you know, we're kind of bogged down a little bit. So we, we really want to finish this first and then we'll tackle what you're asking for. So I think even if, even if it is going to take four weeks, if I can explain to you, you know, the thing that you're asking for isn't going to take four weeks. However, due to other projects we're working on, this is where it's going to fit in our priority. You're then going to be okay with it because you're going to have a better understanding of when I say four weeks, you, you understand where it lies in that priority of, of things that we need to get done. I can't believe we forgot this 
in our session yesterday, Don, about one tech trend that we've got to speak about when we talk about brittle versus really flexible adroit rev tech stacks is this consolidation move that's been happening in the marketplace. So this has happened lots of times before. We are our poor friends at Marketo and Adobe, right? Like Adobe is a good example of an organization that's out there really consolidating Omniture as an acquisition, really trying to be a singular platform. So that trend's been going on for a while. The Omniture acquisition, I think, was, gosh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's not old. But the new player in that scene is ZoomInfo, right? We've seen them really be very aggressive about acquiring your typical kind of RevTech stack items. So how much of that are you seeing? And I'm going to specifically say, let's not worry about Adobe and Marketo. I feel like that's much more on the enterprise kind of marketing side of things. But across RevTech, are you seeing folks kind of adjusting and going, yes, I want to go with a single platform vendor like Zoom Info? I mean, I've I've always been a, a best of breed kind of person, right? Okay. Like I understand the companies like Zoom Info that are out there, they, they have to go justify their valuation and they justify their valuation by making acquisitions and then charging more right? Like I'm, I'm going to buy this tool, I'm going to buy this company, and then we're going to incorporate it in what we do. And then we're going to charge more. And I, you know, I always feel that, you know, the, companies like that become a jack of all trades and a master of none. And if you really want to, you know, be a high performing organization, you want to have the flexibility of buying the best of what's out there and not get stuck with something that's part of a Frankenstein organization. That's, you know, the thing that you like, is part of a larger organization and the whole thing doesn't work well, even though the one thing you like does, but you're stuck with the whole thing, you know, because, because you've got, you have to bring in the entire organization in order to get the one thing you want. And you see that in, in areas that get commoditized, right? So I think, you know, yesterday we talked a little bit about conversation intelligence, right? It's like almost everybody out there is, is incorporating conversation intelligence into their platform. To, to, do, to do something that ties back to their core competency, right? I think like even, even you know, like Gong, who is a leader in conversation intelligence, is adding forecasting. And then you have companies like Clary, that their core competency is forecasting. They're adding conversation intelligence. You know, they actually went out and bought a company that, you know, does conversation intelligence. And, you know, you look at the folks that, you know, outreach and, and sales loft, you know, they all have these, these components that they're adding to their platform, forecasting, conversation intelligence, sales engagement, you know, they're beca- they want to become that one-stop shop and it just becomes a, a kind of a, you know, am I getting everything that's best that's out there or am I, am I being forced to compromise because I want to, I want to just have a single vendor. And, and that's kind of the thing you have to look at when you're, when you're going out there to, to purchase these things and, you know, trying to do that consolidation because of the, because of a, of a downturn in the economy, you know, and granted it is, it is a lot easier to have to work with one vendor versus several vendors, but you just have to be careful that you're, you're still going to get everything you want need in that organization's offerings to complete the things that you need to get done for your organization. So you're and you're coming in with a bit of bias, which I completely understand. You are sort of in that best of breed camp heading in. And so when you see those consolidations happen, you tend to be shy of them. And you, we mentioned a couple of the Aliquas. We talked about the uh, Marketos. And I, I think those games are up. It's the end of the fourth quarter. Guess what? But we are seeing a lot of change and shifting. And, and I think you bring up some really interesting points, which is it's not just ZoomInfo. There are a lot of folks, really great companies with great products who have kind of maximized their TAM 
So, you know, the way to grow is to, to expand. I think what I'm hearing from you is beware, be careful. And if you can lean into best of breed, do it. So I think the underlying question for us, Don, and I'd, I'd love to wrap up on this topic is, do we think that consolidation play leads to inherently brittle stacks? Or do you think over the last 20 years, we've figured out ways to deliver a single platform and not make it brittle? I mean, I think there, there are examples of companies that have done a good job with it overall. That's like, uh, you know, a company like Salesforce, right? You look at some of the acquisitions and they've made and how they've incorporated that tech into their platform and how, you know, Salesforce's customers use that tech. Generally speaking, they've, they've done a really good job, you know, so that that's really what you want to watch for. You know, if, if the company that you're consolidating on is making the purchases of the best of breed that's out there, that's a good sign. If they're picking somebody up because they have to have it to compete, that's where you want to be careful, right? That's where your caution flag should go up. Like if you have somebody that, you, that you're using and they buy some company you've never heard of, you know, that's not good. But, you know, if, if Salesforce goes out there and buys Slack, well, everyone knows who Slack is. Slack's a great company. Slack and Salesforce are probably going to do some really great things over time as Slack gets more and more incorporated into Salesforce's platform. Well, Don, I really appreciate you being back on the show with us. You bet. I will come anytime. All right. You heard it here, folks. Don's going to be on every day for every week. <laughs> I'll hold you to that, Don. If you ever need me to host, let me know. <laughs> I can host if you're out for any reason. Apparently, I'm fired, everybody. <laughs> okay. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Don Otfos, VP of RevOps at Lean Data, for joining us. If you'd like to contact Don or learn more about him, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit our company website, at leandata.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com. We have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at revgenpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. No TikTok yet. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. <laughs>